So this week we're beginning a series entitled The Greatest Hits. And if you think about this time, this term, what comes to mind for me is like musical artists when they are releasing their greatest hits albums. And when you hear that about some of your favorite artists, you automatically, there are songs that come to your mind, whether it's songs that you've heard so many times that they're ingrained in you and you go, that's got to be on there. Or maybe it's just your favorite song by that person. And that's kind of what we're looking at is we're going to be looking at some scriptures and some stories in the Bible, some that we've heard since we were little, that we've heard over and over, and some that are just some favorites and we're going to start off by looking at one of my favorite verses or sections of Scripture. And that section comes from 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. And so what we hear is that there is a man named Elisha. And he's going from, Beth, from there to Bethel. He's going to the city of Bethel. And while he's on his way, we see that a group of boys comes out of the city. A group, of, a group of teenage boys comes out, and, they, and it says they started to jeer at him. Now imagine this. A guy is walking. He's doing his work. He's doing the work of God. He's going to be a prophet. And all of a sudden, this group of boys comes out, and they're showing off in front of each other. They're looking for reactions, and they start mocking Elisha, this man of God. And maybe I'm a little sensitive because of my bald head, but they start saying some incredibly offensive things because we hear what they say are saying to Elisha is this, go away, bald head, go away. And, you know, as I read this, I find myself going, all right, Elisha, what are you going to do? As, as a youth pastor that also has a bald head, you see this group of teenage boys, they're saying, go away, baldy. And you wonder, what, how does Elisha, how do, what is the scriptural approach to handling this? How do you deal with rebellious teenage boys when you're a bald man? And, you know, this is, as a youth pastor, you kind of look at this and go, how, how am I supposed to handle this? And so what we hear is that Elisha, when he turned around and saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Now, we don't hear what the curse was. It may have just been, God, I can't deal with this. You handle it. I got, I'm done. I, I don't know what to do with this. It may have been God smite them. We don't know what the curse was. But nonetheless, as we continue in verse 24, it says, Then two she-bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. Now, I by no means am praying that any of my youth ever get mauled by bears. But also I want to point out that none of the people were killed. They were just mauled. But the message may be, don't pick on bald people. Or it also may be, don't mock God or God's messenger. But to understand what is going on with Elisha, we must first take a step back and see the backstory. And in that, we, first, we meet Elijah. We have, so we have Elijah and Elisha. And so, as we look at this, we've got to start paying attention to which one we're talking about. But Elijah, with a J is one of the most well-known prophets in all of his time. Up until this point, he has performed the most recorded miracles with 16. But he's getting a little old, and he's looking for someone to train to be his replacement. And this is where Elisha enters into the story. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, we hear that 
he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing. So this man, is, he, Elisha is at his house, and he's plowing, and it says that there were 12 yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the 12. And it says, that. so this points out to us a couple of things. That Elisha is just doing his job. He's just doing his chores. He's at his house, just going through the motions, just doing his life. But also when we hear that there are 12 yoke of oxen, that means that there's a total of 24. So Elisha is not hurting. He's, he's, he's very wealthy. He li he's living a comfortable life. But here he is. He's plowing. He's, he's going through his own life. He's just kind of doing what God is calling him to do. And all of a sudden, we see something happen. And Elijah comes up to Elisha and he it says that he passed by him and threw his mantle over him. He throws his coat at him, basically. Now think about this. You're there, you're just doing your life, and all of a sudden this guy shows up and he throws his coat at you. And this may seem a little out of the ordinary for us, but what we need to realize about Scripture is this is not just a story that happened, but it is a story that happens. And so we need to understand what is happening so that we can see how it applies to us in our very lives. And so we find ourselves, many of us, comfortable. We find ourselves doing everyday life, standing behind the oxen, if you will, just doing what we're supposed to do, just plowing the field, just following wherever the ox lead, doing life. And then here comes Elijah, and he throws his coat at you. But this is much more because to throw his mantle, his cloak at you, is to say, I'm inviting you to follow in my footsteps, to become a prophet. And so he meets him in this wealth that Elisha has. He meets him in his comfort. And he calls him to follow me. He says, stop following the oxen and follow me. And so this is the call that Elijah places on Elisha. And perhaps this is the call that God is placing on us. Leave your comforts. Leave those. Just stop following the oxen and stop going through life, but follow me. And so he does. He goes on and he decides, okay, I will follow you, Elijah. And he follows him for 18 years. 18 years of following Elijah, of learning to be a prophet. And this is what we hear about those 18 years. There's half a verse. And it's 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11b, actually. And then it says, one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah, is here. He's following this man for 18 years. I'm sure he's had great dreams of what is going to happen. But ultimately, as we hear in this text, what he's remembered for is washing Elijah's hands. Or as we live in this COVID society, he's the guy, he's the hand sanitizer guy. Here you go. 
Oh, you shook a hand? Let me put a little more hand sanitizer on you. And we look at this, and for many of us, we hear this and go, I would have given up. But it points us to the truth that God's timing is not our own. That if, if we were Elisha and he says, follow me, and we would go, okay, I'll follow you. But after a little while of just being the hand washer, we're done. And this is really one of those Mr. Miyagi moments, right? And if you don't understand this reference, I challenge you to go watch everything Karate Kid through Cobra Kai. But this is where Mr. Miyagi is doing the wax on and the wax off. It's where he's sanding the deck, where he's painting the house, where Elisha for 18 years is washing hands and going, all right, when are you going to teach me karate? Or when are you going to teach me to be a prophet? And this is that reminder that God will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to shape us to be the person that we are created to be. And so for 18 years, Elisha is with Elijah and he is washing his hands. Many of us, we think about this and go, I couldn't do that for 18 minutes. But eventually, it's Elijah's time to pass on the legacy to Elisha. It, and we see that in 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. And it says that when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. So imagine this. It's a really weird answer, right? That Elijah is getting ready to leave. And he says, what do you want from me before our time is done? What is it that you want? And Elisha says, I want a double portion. I want to be twice as good as you. I want a double portion of your spirit. And basically what it turns into after following him for 18 years is this, keep your eyes open. It's this hide and go seek. If you see this, then you can have it. But if not, then you don't get it. But what we don't see, understand yet is that uh, the way in which Elijah is about to leave is a way that no one could miss. Because in verses 11, verse 11, it says, they continued walking and talking, and a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. So Elijah, after saying this, all of a sudden there's a chariot of fire that comes down and scoops him up, and he ascends into heaven. And you know, sometimes we read scripture and we go, oh yeah, that makes uh, that, that's there because it's scripture. Of course, this kind of stuff happened. But let's just take a moment back and think about this. This is crazy. Elijah is sitting there with Elisha. And all of a sudden, he's uh, a chariot of fire with horses of fire come down and separate the two of them. And Elijah goes to heaven but skips death. Now, I don't know about you, but that's how I want to go. Flaming horses come and pick me up. It's like, I'm going to heaven. Bye. Woo. And so this is how he goes. And Elijah, what we hear in verse 12, is that Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father. 
and the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into pieces. And so he is upset. And, and this idea of tearing his clothes is a sign of mourning. And But what we hear is that when Elijah went away, he left his cloak. He left his mantle because in verse 13 it says, He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And this is so cool because for some reason, Elisha goes, Oh, well, this is what I need to do with this. And he took the mantle of Elijah and he had fallen from him and he struck the water saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Where? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other. And Elisha went over. And so Elisha is very upset and he finds himself with the mantle of his mentor. And he's in mourning and he slaps the water. Where are you, God? And the water is parted. Now this is the first miracle that we see from Elisha. But what we hear throughout the text is that Elisha goes on to perform 32 recorded miracles, which is exactly the double the number of Elijah, which is exactly a double portion, if you will. And what we start to see is it's not about our time, but it's about God's time. It's not our time, it's God's time, and it's a call to trust in God. 18 years of trust that Elisha had. Many of us, as I said, couldn't trust for 18 minutes. But all this shaping and building was leading to this one moment. This call to leave behind his comfort and trust in God, to stop just following the oxen and to follow Christ, or to follow God. Now, back to the story of Elisha that we heard at the beginning with the boys and the bears. This is a story of obedience and trusting. Elisha is tr obedient to God's call, as we've heard. He's trusting, but the boys are an example of blatant disobedience. But it's, it's really not about Elisha or the bears, but it's a story about God's character. On the one hand, you have a God of justice who punishes disobedience and, all, and says judgment is his, not ours. But in the same story, you see the mercy and grace to those that are obedient. This story points us out to better understand God. Maybe one of the reasons that we find ourselves discontent with our lives and with our struggles is because we've fallen into the belief that, th that our lives are about us. And maybe we need to take a step back and realize that what we are called to do is be obedient to God's story for us. So, the question becomes, where is it that God is calling you to go? And I think we hear this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. As he's getting ready to leave his disciples, we hear Jesus say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. And so he is calling us to go out and to share and to proclaim. And so what we hear in the story of Elisha is a man that was obedient, but it all began with Elijah saying, all right, God, 
Show me who it is that you want me to bring up. So who in your life is your Elisha? Who's your Elisha that is bringing you up, training you up? But who is that Elisha that you are bringing up as well, that you are training, that you are guiding in the ways of God, that you are, as we hear in that Matthew text, teaching them to obey? Who is it? Are we willing to trust and obey in God even when things don't seem to go the way that we want to? Are we willing to believe that the best of all is that God is with us? Amen. Amen.